You know, it's such a privilege and honor to be with you again today that I enjoyed it when I was here. We we were here. Uh, May? Yeah, Mother's Day. That's in May, isn't it? <laughs> uh, getting older. Can't remember things too good. But she, I do remember the presence of the Almighty God that I felt here. It was so awesome. And I... I hate to say this, but some churches we go to, you don't feel it. Uh-huh. And so it's such a privilege when you walk into the house of the Lord and you feel the Lord's already here before the service even gets started. You know, that is an honor of what you guys are doing in praying and seeking the Lord because there's something about when you do that outside of the church and when you walk in, it, it's it's like, okay, God's sitting here saying, come on, babies. Come on. Come on, babies. I got something for you. And, you know, he does. And he blesses us over and over. And when we feel like, as, as Pastor was speaking a while ago, when you feel like you, you're going through a storm and you don't know which way to go, all you have to do is cry out to him. And he will not only take you through the storm, if he needs to, he'll pick you up and carry you through that storm. Wow. And when you get on the other side, you're going to be stronger than you ever have been before. All right. All right. Thank you so much for allowing us to be here, Pastor. We enjoy so much being with you guys and getting to be with them again. That's the, and grandbabies. I'm like, oh shoot. <laughs> I I think of them as young. But <laughs> we're talking but about you your is, kids. It, no. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, God is great and thank you so much for just a beautiful service already. Wow. We married young, and um, we haven't been married very long, only 50 years, coming up in just a few weeks, and uh, she looks a lot better for wear than I do, I tell you what, she was a foxy mama when I married her, amen, Uh, she chased me hard until I fell, and uh, fell hard, amen. Her mother told her one time, said, you need to quit chasing him. And I said, don't tell her that. (laughs) So she's still chasing me 50 years later. It's good to be here, to be in the presence of God, and to know that uh, God's still doing mighty things among his people. Amen. I was skimming through Facebook last night. You know, we waste a lot of time on Facebook. And uh, I was skimming through Facebook. There was some things going on that I was kind of interested in uh, seeing. And there was one one particular friend of mine that put on there that they were experiencing a mighty move of God in their church. And uh, and, and so I, I began to read through the post that they had. And uh, it's a little hole in this church in Ledbetter, Kentucky, uh, where God is pouring out his spirit. They started on New Year's Eve, and they're still going. Awesome. Awesome. Amen. Yeah. Are you in the room? Uh, we don't see too much of that anymore. We just kind of we kind of do the two night or the three night thing and hope a crowd shows up. But each night the thing is building, and and uh, they worship a whole lot different than we do, than you and I do. Uh, they're old school, and and uh, they still sing the old songs, and, and and but the same spirit dwells in them that dwells in this house. 
Because he is Lord over it all. Can you say amen? And I don't care how you worship. It doesn't matter to me how you sing. It doesn't matter to me how you uh, dance. It just matters to me that you do it all. Amen. Whatever God wants to do in our midst, we want to receive what he has. Pastor Zach and Miss Diane, known them a long, 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 long time. In fact, in the business a while ago, um, I love to come here for one reason. I like to see Samuel. And uh, Samuel comes come running around there to sit down to greet Grandma or Granny or Ma or Mimi or Mima or whatever. Amen. So many different names. We used to used to just have one, Grandma. But now we got so many we don't even know. Somebody said uh, the other day they their grandchild was calling him Nini. I said, what in the world's that all about? Amen. But in any case, he came running around there, and I thought, my goodness gracious, Zach Strong still in the house. <laughs> I mean, first time I ever saw Zach, he was about that size, and and the curly hair and the quick smile, and and um, he hasn't changed a whole lot except um, he got Miss Diane. What a what a prize he got. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. I didn't come today to perform. I didn't come today to to pontificate, to lecture you. I come here today to worship with you and to see what God will do in this house. We have sensed the glory of the Lord already. If we were to leave at this very moment, we can say like David did, it's good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. As I observed uh, the worship team as they sang, and I saw Miss Kelsey here, and and uh, the addition that's coming, I'm excited about that. Amen. Her dad, Chris, and I go a long way back. I knew I I, I met him when he was born. Just and and here we are, the next generation and the next generation coming up. God's doing mighty things amongst us. But I didn't come here today to visit with friends. We had a great time last night to visit, visiting with your pastor who's doing a wonderful job here in the city of Cape Girardeau, Missouri, the home of what? There you go. Everybody knows me. Uh, but in any case, uh, we didn't come just to visit with them, though that was wonderful. But I came to experience what God has in this house for our life. We are at a time when great things are being accomplished. We, are nev- we have never been at a point in our lives that, we've, that we are seeing any more chaos than we, are, than we could possibly see in our world today. All around the world, chaos. All the way around the world, upheaval. But in the midst of that upheaval, in the midst of that upheaval, there is a, an awakening an awakening of supernatural fire, supernatural power, a supernatural unction among our young people and among our old people. We're being stirred again. And God is reigning revival in the house. Can you say amen? I want that. It doesn't come easy. It doesn't come easy. It comes as a result of divine appointment, But even more important, we have to accept the appointment. Can you say amen? Amen. 
we can't receive from God if we don't step into what God has for us. Amen. And so today, my message is going to be quite simple and rather lengthy. I plan to preach all the way through Super Bowl tonight. No, I'm kidding you. I'm kidding you. But I've only got just a few pages of notes, and I'm going to try to stay away from them as much as I possibly can. But let's look at the scripture this morning, if you will. The book of 2 Samuel. The book of 2 Samuel chapter 23. Hallelujah. If you got it, say praise God. Amen. And if you don't have it, you can get it in a minute, okay? Praise the Lord. Thank you for your hospitality, beautiful room. Uh, Miss Ashley, you are awesome. Everybody, everybody say thank you, Miss Ashley. She is so hospitable. She made sure that everything was, the T's were crossed and the I's were dotted and the signature was on the W-9. Amen. Amen. She's she's got it she's got it together, and I thank you. And whoever made the basket, I, uh, basket lady, raise your you're the basket lady. She's the basket lady. Wow, what a what a treat! Everything in there, Glenda loves. She ate it all. Amen, <laughs> amen. And I appreciate it so very much. Thank you, thank you so much. Let's look at the scripture, the twenty third chapter of the book of Second Samuel. I want to begin reading, if, will, if you will, with me at verse 8. David was with his, uh, at the time of his departure. His to- the scripture said in one place, the time of his departure was at hand. And David was uh, remembering and David was thinking about what had occurred in his administration, in his life, the various things. You know, David was a mighty, mighty man himself, but he was a man of war. He was a man... Uh, with a, with a purpose in mind. In one place he said, is there not a cause? There's a cause. There's a reason he stepped up to the plate. Somebody needs to step up. Can you say amen? Somebody needs to arise and shine for the light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen on. And so he began to talk about his mighty men in this chapter. I want to read this with you. And I'm probably going to miss the pronunciation of most of these guys. So I may, I may call them Bill, Tom, or Harry. I don't know. You may stick with me. Verse 8. These are the names of the mighty men whom David had. Josheb Bas-Habeth, the Tachmanite, chief among the captives. He was called Adino the Esnite. Now, I don't know about you, but each one of these names are important. But I'm not going to preach about names this morning, okay? I'm not trying to uh, make them less than what they are, but I just I, I want to just read through them for just a moment. Because he had killed 800 men at one time. What a deal. Yeah. What a deal. 800 men. I, I was sitting there reading this again this morning, and it suddenly occurred to me, how many of you ever picked up a sword? I'm not talking about a plastic one. I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about a... Um, uh, a little thing that we, my grandson would pick up and, and twirl around on his finger. Talking about a sword or a spear. And, and he slew 800 men at one time. Get out of Dodge. Amen. Let's go on. These are mighty. Come on. These are mighty men. And after him was Eliezer, the son. Now, I don't know about you, but if my name was Dodo... I think I'd change it to Shickle Gruber. Amen. Amen. Uh, Eliezer, the son of Dodo, the Ahohite, one of the three mighty men with David when they defied the Philistines who were gathered there for battle. And the men of Israel 
had retreated. Verse 10, he arose and attacked the Philistines until his hand was weary. I want to ask you a question. How many have ever flown? All three of you, amen. Uh, how many of you ever went through the, the, uh, the uh, terminal and you're having to carry a bag? And that bag seemed light when you left the house. But by the time you ran through Atlanta, that thing was getting pretty hard to hold. And when you got, got to the plane, when you went to put that bag up in, the, in the, uh, uh, the, the container up at the top, you threw it up there and it pulled your hand in with it. And you, you, had, to, you had to take the other hand and kind of prize yourself. Here, Eliezer, his hand clave to the sword. It had gripped it so tightly that he could not turn it loose, but he wrought a great victory. Can you say amen? amen? He arose and attacked until his hand was weary and his hand stuck to the sword. The Lord brought about a great victory. I, I want you to notice here that the, the tribute here didn't go to the mighty men, but it went to the Lord. Somebody said amen. amen. The Lord brought about a great victory that day and the people returned after him only to plunder. And after him was Shema, the son of Agi, the Herorite. The Philistines had gathered together into a troop where there was a piece of ground full of lentils or beans. So the people fled from the Philistines. But he stationed himself in the middle of the field, defended it, and killed the Philistines. So the Lord brought about another victory. We are at the precipice of probably one of the greatest outpourings that God has ever intended for the church to receive. I really believe that with all of my heart. I'm 70 years old, and, and, and uh, it's very difficult for me to think in the terms that I'm 70 because I am anticipating greater things than Pensacola, Florida. And I'm, I'm anticipating greater things than Azusa Street in, two, in 1906. I'm, I'm, I'm wanting to see a, a mightier move than God in my lifetime. Now, I'm not ready to quit, but I'm here to declare I recognize that things are different today than they were five years ago or ten years ago. But we have to stand our ground in order to receive the benefit of what God wants to do in our midst. If we're going to see a mighty move of God, we've got to thrust ourselves into the battle. We've got to thrust ourselves into the fray. We've got to thrust ourselves into what God is wanting to do. One of the reasons we have praise and worship in a church is to bring ourselves to a place where we can sense the glory of God. When we, when we sit back, let me sit down here just one moment. When we sit back and the worship is going forward, and we're cleaning our fingernails or thumbing through our notes or twiddle-dee, twiddle-dum. We're missing one of the greatest opportunities to receive from the Lord by not entering in. Somebody say amen. I, I guess you might, some of you may have seen me kind of looking around this morning. One of the things I was watching with great joy was that everybody seemed to be plugging in, plugging in to what God wants to do. But in order to receive the blessing and to be able to uh, have the victory, we must be willing to stand our ground and not let the devil have one place of it. Can you say amen? Amen. amen. 
David was recounting the, the history of the greatness of God when he talked about these men. There wasn't just three men. There was 31 men. And they were great and mighty men. And they went to battle with David and they stood with him. And they held, helped him. And they encouraged him. And, he, and blessed him. They blessed him in everything else. But one of the things that so, so impressed me with Shammah was the fact that he said, you can't have my bean field. You can't have my bean field. Somebody, you say, Brother Redstone, what are you going to preach about this morning? About an hour. Amen. Or about 45 minutes. About I may have already done all the preaching I'm going to do. But in, in any case, I want you to understand that if you want to receive the victory, you've got to be determined that you're not going to let the devil steal what God wants to give to you. You've got to stand in the midst of the field. You've got to stand there and be willing to fight the fight if, it's, if necessary. And you say, preacher, why are you talking about fighting? We're not fighting. We're in the time of celebration. That's wonderful. But I'm telling you, there's a real world around about you that you've got to grab a hold of and bring back to the place where God wants you, them to be as well. Somebody said amen. 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 He stood up and he said, you're not going to have my bean field. Every time they turned around, Every time they turned around, the crops would be going good. Everything would be going fine. And the enemy would come and spoil their crops and take everything away from them. Taking things from them, taking their livelihood, taking their sustenance, taking their wealth, taking their, their uh, inheritance as it were. All their effort, every bit of the work that they had done, they stole all the benefit of all that hard work. And so Shama said, You've done this as long as you're going to do it. I'm not going to allow you to have it one more time. And so he put himself on the line. He got in the battlefield. He stood his ground. And he would not allow the devil to wreak a victory there. I grew up in a time when people prayed until they prayed through. Pastor, Pastor's brother John I were close friends, good friends, until the day he passed away. And I remember an occasion when John was just 17 years old, and he was seeking after God. John could pray probably more intently than anybody I ever knew. And uh, he would seek the face of God. At 16 years old, he'd accept he'd been already preaching for a season. And I, I can tell you he was one of the most powerful orators and preachers that I'd ever knew. But as he was preaching, as he was growing up, one day he was at the church, the church where Zach and I grew up. And it was just a straightforward building, just a shotgun-type building. You walked in off the, off the uh, porch of the church through a little bit of short foyer, through swinging doors, and you'd walk about uh, 50 feet and you'd be at the altar. And so they... Uh, John was at the altar. It was late at night. He was driving a 1956 DeSoto. And uh, you, you, some of you don't even have a clue what I'm talking about. <laughs> Amen. In fact, about 90% of you don't. But he had this real fancy Chrysler vehicle, Chrysler product. And, uh, and he was, he'd come down to the church to pray. Our church is, it was at the... Uh, at, uh, 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 about a mile from where you all lived at that time. And uh, John was down there praying. It was dark in the building. The only light was on was in the foyer. John was at the altar praying. He was seeking the face of God. 
And he was really intent in what he was doing. And by his own account, he said, As I was praying, suddenly I began to hear footsteps. I can't do it in this room because you got concrete floors and carpet. But that room had wood floor. And he heard footsteps approaching him. And he said, I started to turn around and look around to see who was coming. But he said, I froze. He said, I froze in fear. He said, I couldn't move. And I didn't turn around. I didn't look. I just kept hearing those footsteps as they were slowly approaching him. And he said, all of a sudden, I felt a hand reach out and touch my head. And no words were spoken. He didn't hear any breathing. He was holding his breath. He was frightened. He didn't know who had come in. It was late at night, 11 o'clock or so. And he was frightened to death. And he just he said, I was just trembling in my spirit. I couldn't tell. I didn't, I didn't know who it was. I didn't know what it was. But he said there was such a presence, such an illumination in my spirit in that moment. And he said when that, well, those footsteps turned and they walked out, they walked out of that building just like they came in. He said when those footsteps stopped by whoever or whatever that was, the footsteps began with me. And he literally took off running and he ran from the church all the way home, leaving his Chrysler sitting at the curb. He was so frightened he didn't know what had happened. But what had happened is he had had an encounter with the Lord. The Lord had revealed himself in a measure. It was just a touch. It was just an encouraging thing. And he didn't recognize the day of that visitation. Are you here? It was days later before he actually realized the impact that was taking place. I don't want you to miss out on what the Lord wants to do for you in this place, in this house, in this season. He may not touch you just right the way you want him to touch you, but he's wanting to touch you. But you've got to get yourself in that place where he wants you to be in order to receive what he has for you. Amen. It's not easy to fast and pray. Somebody say fast. When we say fast, we think McDonald's. Well, we used to. Now you sit in line for 15 minutes. Amen. Went into McDonald's the other day. Boy, I, I'm not trashing McDonald's. I went into McDonald's the other day, drove through the drive-thru to order a sausage biscuit. 11 minutes later, I got a sausage biscuit, and the sausage was so hard I couldn't bite it. And I thought, hmm, somebody dropped the ball here. Amen. You got to stand your ground. You got to stand your ground. Shama stood his ground. The enemy was around about him. It looked like it could be utter destruction for him. You may be experiencing something in your life that looks like it's overwhelming. The enemy may be throwing everything he has at you to distract you. We have a lot of distractions. Somebody say, "Man, a lot of distractions. Things going on." You look at the political world today. You want to know what's going on in the political world. I can tell you what's going on. The devil's trying to distract us from what's good. 
I don't, I'm Republican, Democrat, Independent, T, or whatever you are. It doesn't make any difference to me. The devil's trying to distract us because America is the breadbasket, as it were, of the world. It's the place that's reaching out into the, into the communities and into the world around about. And he, the devil's trying to stop that. We've got to stand our ground. Standing our ground. Got to hurry. Time is of the essence. It's 11.10. Amen. It's 10-10 somewhere. Amen. Amen. You've got, to, you've got to be willing to stand in the testing time. I was in school as a boy. One day this young boy was sitting there and he had a, he had a clipboard. And I noticed on that clipboard, he said, I got, I, got, I got people on this clipboard, names on this clipboard. And I said, whose name, what you doing? He said, I've got a I got a list of names of people I can whip. I said, uh, what, do you, what do you mean? He said, I got a list of people I can whip. I said, let me see that clipboard. I looked at that clipboard and my name was on there. I looked at that boy right straight now and I said, you can't whip me. He just took his pencil out and he wrote through my name. He wasn't going to test the waters, okay? Amen. You know what? The devil's thinking you're just scratching out names. You got a list against the enemy. The devil's coming in like, like a flood instead of resisting the devil so he'll flee from you. You're saying, well, the doctor said, uh, or the banker said, uh, or the individuals of the world said, uh, we're overcome and we got problems and all this. The enemy's coming in like a flood and so. We haven't marked out the name of Satan yet. We haven't marked out the naysayer yet. We haven't, we're just letting the naysayers and all those people uh, uh, rise against us. Some of you are sitting in this room and you're going through a conflict in your spiritual life. And the enemy say, I got you now. I got you where I want you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I've got you in, in unbelief. I've got you in doubt. I've got you in despair. You know when the when the when the uh, the the bills come in or the or the doctor's report or anything like that. Sometimes fear gives. How are we gonna How are we gonna survive this? How are we, How are we gonna do that? The other day when when the mechanic told me that our cars the mice had a little old, a little old mouse a little old mouse had got into the wiring on that car, and and uh, thank God it was Glenda's car, not mine. Anyway. A little old mouse had gotten into the wiring on that car and chewed through some wires. And, and as a result of that, it messed up some other things and then messed up some other things. And so uh, that car's history. Are you here? Yeah. Amen. A little bitty thing can come in and spoil. It can come in and spoil. It can destroy your faith. But I'm here to declare to you today that if you'll stand your ground, if you'll believe God, there's nothing that's impossible with the Lord. Come on, say amen. God's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you ask or think. If you'll begin to reach out in faith, stand your ground, God will prevail in your life. Amen. Somebody say amen today. Amen. Amen. I'm asking you a question here this morning. Is your name on the list that the devil can whip? Eh? No, sir, devil. You can't whip me. You might as well blot my name out because my name's on another list. I am overcomer. 
I, I'm a victor. I have received the promise. I have received the blessing. The weapons of warfare that are mighty through God are helping me to overthrow the powers of darkness and the powers of the enemy. I'm going to win. Somebody say amen. Not going to let you have my pea patch. Not going to let you have what the enemy is trying to take away from me. We're living in a church today. I, last week, pastor said a while ago, while he was, while he was admonishing us to get into the service and to declare the name of the Lord and to bless the Lord, he said something about the Presbyterian church. Last Sunday, I preached in a Presbyterian church. You talk about a strange thing. Can you imagine an undignified guy like me in that Cumberland Presbyterian Church? And I looked out over the congregation, 700 seats in that congregation. There's 37 people there. And I, I preached to them about the goodness of the Lord. And all of a sudden, I began to see faith begin to spark up in people's lives. One little lady sat there that was there in that room. This is our next door neighbor there. They didn't have a pastor and they were looking for somebody to, to fill the pulpit when they invited me and, and uh, she was next door and she asked them if I could come and preach. And so I had a date open and I went to preach. And when I got through preaching, I, she came up to me. She said, I've never seen such a manifestation of the glory of God. There's presence of the Lord. I felt that, she said. Just that way, I felt that. You know, there's something you can feel in the atmosphere in this room right now. Somebody in this room today is needing a miracle in your body. You're needing a miracle. You're needing a miracle of healing. Somebody in this room today is struggling financially, don't know where, how they're going to meet the obligations that they have for last month, much less this month. Are you here? But your, your God is on your side. You have an advocate oh, with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. He's not just concerned about your soul. He's concerned about your welfare and your well-being. And if you'll begin to stand your ground and plead the blood, stand in the presence of God and believe God, there's nothing that's impossible with our God. Come on, say amen. Shama stood there when the enemy said, you're going to be defeated. And he stood alone in the midst of that bean field. But he would not let the enemy have his. And that's what we're seeing in this world today. We're seeing an opportunity where men can stand up. Young people like these that are here on the front row. These that were in the worship team. I noticed there wasn't but one old geezer in the whole crowd. You'll have to figure out who I'm talking about. Amen. It wasn't but one, one older guy in the crowd. It just seemed like everybody was just in the presence of God, worshiping and manifesting the glory of God. What's that all about? We're wanting to receive from the Lord. We're wanting to receive from the Lord. We're creating an atmosphere where God can do something. When, you, when you're in despair, when you're in despair, you can't get anything from the Lord. Somebody say amen. 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 If you're thinking about the problem all the time, if you're thinking about the issue all the time, you're going to be defeated. Ashama wasn't concerned. He wasn't concerned about whether the enemy was coming. He knew they were coming. He just knew that he wasn't going to give up any ground. He knew he wasn't going to let the enemy have it. And so he stood there in the midst of that crowd, and he flayed until, his, until he had won the great victory, and the blessing of the Lord was manifest in that day. And this, the Scripture says Jesus spoke to us, and he said this in the book of Mark. He said, These signs shall follow them that believe. These signs shall follow them that believe. Do you have faith to believe today? Amen. One place in the scripture said, if you can believe, believe. 
if thou canst, King James said it like this, if thou canst believe, all things are possible. What he's saying there, if you can just believe, then believe. Why do we give in to doubt? Why do we give in to the naysayer? Why do we give in to the affliction? Why do we give in to the, uh, the financial issue? Why do we give in, give in to the world taking our children? Why do we give? Are you in the room today? Why do we give in to that? We don't need to give in. If we can, believe. I don't know about you, but I can. I found him to be faithful. I said I found him to be faithful. When my son was born, and uh, my oldest son was born, he was born with a, a, vision, a vision issue. And his, his eyes were, uh, 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 would wander like this, just constantly going like this in the stagmas. And, and uh, it was because of a, a long childbirth process. Very difficult time for Miss Glenda. 44 hours, in fact, if you want to know. It was a very difficult day. But in, in any case, Shane's eyes were affected because of a lack of oxygen. And when we, uh, he was just a few months old, and we noticed that he wasn't picking up on things. I mean, he wasn't seeing things like he should. And so we took him to the ophthalmologist, and they examined him. And in the process of examining him, the doctor came into us and told us, said, now, uh, you've, you're going to have to really take good care of this child. We're talking back, back a number of years ago. Shane's 45 years old, 46 years old, something like that now. Whatever, I have to take my shoes off to get the exact number. Amen. But in, as, he, as he was uh, talking to us, he said, Shane is going to have very much difficulty in vision, and he's not going to be able to see any farther than the length of his hands. He said he'll never be able to play basketball. He'll never be able to drive a car. He'll do good to read. And so you need to place him with as many people as you can to help him with the uh, Society for the Blind and people like that to get him, get him all situated. And boy, it was devastating to us holy roller preachers. I mean, we were, we were just really stirred in our heart. And we, we didn't know what to do. And I didn't know, I didn't know anything about being blind. Uh, I didn't have a clue what was taking place, but I knew that wasn't the will of God for my son. And we would begin to pray. We prayed and we prayed and we prayed. And nothing was happening. I mean, I'm not talking about years of praying. I'm talking about days of praying. And during the process of our praying, one Sunday night after church, Glenda was getting Shane ready to go home. He was wearing this onesie, uh, getting ready to go home because he had to go to sleep going home. And so as we, as we were uh, getting ready to leave the church, a young man by the name of Tommy Strong, Pastor Zach's brother came up to us and he said, can I see Shane? Shane was the darling of the church at that time. You know, all the babies are the darling of the church. But Shane was the current darling. And we just thought he wanted to hold him for a minute. And that wasn't what he said. He said, do you mind if I take him to the altar? And Tommy went to the altar with Shane. And he knelt down at that altar. And he held that baby in his arms like this. And he prayed and he prayed and he prayed until the onesie that Shane had was saturated with the tears that he was praying. The next morning when Glenda went to, the, went to visit with my parents and, uh, and uh, they drove up and uh, as they were driving up the street, Shane was standing in the seat beside uh, Glenda. That was before car seats were mandatory. <laughs> Amen. And he was standing up in the seat beside, uh, beside Glenda. And he looked up and he said, 
Grandpa, Grandpa, Grandpa. They were a half block away. Suddenly God had done a miracle. Suddenly God had done a miracle. Suddenly God had done. You say, Brother Whetstone, uh, uh, what do you mean? What, What about that? Well, God did a miracle, just simple and plain. You can't explain it away. Shane plays basketball. He does drive. You don't want to ride with him. Amen. Amen. Uh, he's a musician. He's a, a, he, he has a calling of God on his life. It's not being realized at the moment, but it's going to happen. Amen. The enemy's trying to destroy him, but I am not giving any ground to him. I've made up my mind he's going to be in the pulpit again one of these days by the grace of God. And Shane, if you're listening, you, your days are numbered. Your days are numbered. Your days are numbered. I declare to you, we're not going to give any ground to the enemy. You have to believe God. Somebody say amen. I don't know about you, but I want to hold on for the miracle. I want to hold on for the blessing. When are we going to see the mighty move of God? It can begin in you today. Fact of the business, I really want to tell you something. It's already begun. There is a flowing of the Spirit in your lives. There's an anticipation. I like that word, anticipation. Anticipation. Expectancy. Expectancy. I see Chris every once in a while. We talk regularly. I never talk to him, but what he says, something about Kelsey. Kelsey. She's making a grandpa out of him. Anticipation. You're having a baby shower for the little guy. Amen. In anticipation. We prepare in anticipation. The room is ready. The bed is ready. Everything's in place. We're preparing for it. We're walking toward it. We're not waiting. We're not believing that it's not going to happen. Well, maybe it'll happen. If God wants me to be healed, he'll heal me. No, I'm going to hold on. I'm going to grab a hold. I'm going to believe God. God's going to do something out of the ordinary in this house today. God's going to touch you. God's going to bring a victory in your life. Lord, help us to hide our unbelief in the cross. Hide our unbelief in the presence of the Lord. That the enemy cannot come and take our pea field, our bean field. Or Roberts, the great mighty Or Roberts. Powerful man of God. I'm going to give this illustration and close. Was preaching a crusade. In 19, this is a long time ago, 1947, in Evansville, Indiana. A place called the Coliseum. It was a great, big, huge auditorium which seated 500 people. Amen. Oral Roberts was there. There was a move of God taking place. Hansel Vibbert from Calvary Temple had invited him to come. And there's a group of preachers that were standing along with Oral Roberts in that crusade. And people were driving all over the country to come there. There was a little lady by the name of Blazier, B-L-A-Z-I-E-R, from Carmel, Illinois, that had a sickness and was having to take powerful medication. In fact, so much medication in those days that they had bought a separate refrigerator just to keep her medication in. And she was not hardly able to walk. Her son was a man by the name of Robert Blazier. Robert Blazier later became a, um, a, a mighty force in the Church of God, Cleveland, Tennessee, was a, 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 
a state overseer in several different states, European advisor uh, for the Church of God, great, great man of God, a great man of God. But he was just a young man then. They were in the little white church. They were attending a little white church in Carmel, Illinois, that most people in the community call Little Dirty. Little Dirty. And they went to that revival because Sister Blazer was real sick and she could hardly walk. She was walking like this with two canes bent over and just hoping that God would do a work in her life. You know, there's a difference between hope and belief. There's a di- Are you in the room? There's a difference between I wish he would and receiving the blessing. She was all bent over. Her sons drove her from from Carmi over to Evansville, about 50 miles in those days. It's a little closer these days because of the roads. And she was walking with it, not with a walker, two canes, just walking. Wanted to go to that revival, wanted to go be prayed for by the great man of God. Oh, Roberts was praying for people. Deaf ears were being unstopped, blinded eyes were being opened. People were being healed and delivered. The building only held 500 people, and the fire marshal had a crew around. They wouldn't let anybody else in. They got there early, but they didn't get there early enough. <laughs> Sister Blazer was so disappointed. She was standing on the corner of 2nd and Court Street in Evansville, Indiana, standing there feeling bad. And the church people was all gathered around about her, and they were disappointed too. They were expecting that she would get healed that day. The great Oral Roberts was going to lay hands on the sick, and they would recover. So they, they were disappointed when they couldn't get inside the building. Amen. And as they stood on that street corner, there was a tall, long, lanky, red-headed preacher. Boy, just called into the ministry, just called to the Lord. That said, well, why don't we just have a street meeting? Why don't we just have a little church here on the street corner? And they begin to sing. They begin to praise the Lord. They begin to worship the Lord. And after they got through worshiping the Lord on that street corner, crowd had gathered around about. The presence of the Lord was there. Some people got saved on the street corner. Isn't that great? They were just enjoying themselves and having a great time of worship at the end of, the, at the end of that little meeting. And Sister Blazer said to her son, she said, Bob, I sure wish... I could have got in there so that Brother Roberts could lay hands on me and I could have gotten healed. Mr. Blazer had been walking over like this for well over a year, unable to straighten up. She couldn't straighten up at all. Bob told her, he said, Mama, can't you see you're standing up straight? Can't you see? Can't you see? Can't you tell? And she looked at herself. You know, sometimes God's doing something in us that we don't even recognize. Sometimes God's pouring His Spirit out in our life and we don't even identify with what He's doing. That day, while there was people being healed inside by the ministry, through the ministry of Oral Roberts, and trust me, I don't have anything bad to say about Oral Roberts, nothing. 
But on that street corner that day, a man by the name of John Whetstone and Robert Blazier and John Whitsett. John Whitsett became an associate evangelist in the later years of his life for Oral Roberts. But John Whitsett all grew up in that little town. They were thrust into the ministry. But on that little street corner, those humble people stood there on that corner. Disappointed as they were, they lifted up their hands. They began to magnify the Lord. And God brought about a great victory. Amen. I really remember the refrigerator. It had an M and a W on the front of it and a little symbol. It was Montgomery Ward. And the reason I remember that is because when we got home that next night, our refrigerator had gone out. And Sister Blazer gave us the refrigerator that held all of her medicine. You say... What's that got to do with anything? I'm here to tell you, you may feel like God ain't done anything for you, but maybe you just need to count your blessings. Maybe you just need to stand up in your field and say, Devil, you can't have any more ground. I could sit here and talk to you all day long. I could tell you about my daughter that was burned over 40% of her body with first, second, third degree burns and stands today with one little bitty scar about the size of a 50 cent piece on her body. Are you here? No skin grafts. The doctor said you'll be in a hospital for a year. You'll have several different surgeries through your life, through your growing stages. And in two weeks, we walked out of the hospital with her. And the doctor said when, while, while she's recovering, keep on anointing her with Vaseline and the little pads and anointing her with oil for her head because we were seeing a miracle. Zach, you remember. Amen. I could tell you other stories. I could tell you about a son, a son that was in an airplane on the maneuvers at Fort Polk, Louisiana. And he jumped out of the plane with his parachute. And the sergeant that was behind him jumped too quick and fell into his canopy. And his canopy didn't open. And I could tell you about that boy standing alive, talked to his mama till I went to sleep last night on the telephone. I can tell you he lived through the process. 900 feet he fell. I don't know what happened. I just know that God is a miraculous God. There's nothing too hard for the Lord. The enemy may prevail around about you, but he can't prevail in your camp if you'll stand your ground. Stand with me right now in the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord. I don't know what you need today. I don't have a clue what it is that you need today. But If you remember May last year, I couldn't walk up those steps without assistance. Amen. I couldn't do it no matter what I tried. But I'm here to tell you today that whatever your need is, our God is here. You are having a day of encounter today as a, as a, as a decree, as a mandate from your pastor. But I'm here to declare to you today can be a personal encounter with you just like that little woman that encountered Jesus as she reached out and touched the border of his garment. What is it that you have need of? Are you willing to step, stand in the gap are you willing to move forward in faith? Are you willing to press into the place where God wants you to be so that you can win the victory today? If you're here today and you have a need in your life, they're going to worship the Lord and we're going to pray with you if you'll come around these altars, back to the business if you will. Even if you don't have a need, encourage somebody to come to the altar with you and come around the front of this building today with your hands up in anticipation of what God's going to do in this room because God wants to do something supernatural in the house today. Father, thank you.
thank you for what you're going to do. In fact, in the business, Lord, I just want to say this. Thank you for what you are doing. Not what you're going to do, but what you are doing. Help us to get ourselves into that place where God can touch us, where God can move upon us. Come, if you will. If you have a need in your body, you're needing prayer for your body, you're needing an increase of faith in your life. Increase our faith. Increase our faith. Let that be the cry of your heart as you reach out to the Father today in the name of Jesus. I believe you, Lord. I worship you. I believe you, Lord. I believe you, Lord. I worship you. I believe you, Lord. I believe you, Lord. You are here. Working in this place, I worship you. I worship That is who you are. 
in the house yet this morning that God's not done. There's someone in this room today that a relationship has abruptly been broken. You're going through a crisis in your relationship with your loved one. Enemies come against you and you said can't handle it anymore. Can't go any farther. Can't go any farther. Just can't go any farther. I don't know what to say to you except this one thing. God wants to heal that situation in your life right now. God wants to touch you. He wants to affect the change that's necessary. Whether it's the change in the loved one or whether it's the change in you. Or probably more likely the change in both of you. God wants to affect a change in your life. If you're in this room today and you're struggling in that relationship Today is your healing day. Today is the turning point. God can turn it around. Will you, will you just come and let some of the people gather around about you and pray for you? Not that our prayers are going to, our, our laying hands on you is going to change the situation, but your obedience to receive what God has for you. Brokenness, brokenness, brokenness. Somebody in this room is saying, I just wish I had somebody. I just wished I had somebody. I'm so lonely. Margaret was 53 years old, never been married. She'd served the Lord all of her life ever since she's a little girl. She'd walked alongside a preacher lady in the mountains of West Virginia. Helped her. And was kind of like an Elisha to her, as it were. Providing for needs tending to the house while this woman of God, this great woman of God, would pray and seek the face of the Lord for an outpouring of the power of God. One day the preacher lady passed away and Margaret was 53 years old, didn't have a, a place to even live. She had nobody. She was desperate, crying out to God, God, what am I going to do? Didn't have a place to lay her head. She didn't have, a, she didn't have a, a room of her own. She's just going from one place to the other, just trying to her head together to see what what she could do. She made a trip to Florida with some friends to a meeting down at Titusville, Florida. At the at the meeting on Sunday, they had a dinner at the church. It's one of those carry-in dinners where and, uh, potluck dinner, you know, with all the, the pots, and you was lucky if you got something. Amen. And they brought all the potluck food in, and so she had brought she had put some food together and. She was reaching over into the car that she was riding in with some people to pick that up. And a 
a guy walked up behind her and said, can I help you with that? And she turned to him and said, yes. Nine months later, they were married. Are you in the room? At St. Margaret, diagnosed with cancer in uh, 2005. Doctor said, you're going to die. You can't live. At St. Margaret, in a service, the presence of the Lord was rich in the service. We were in crusade with a man by the name of Alvin Wilson. His son today is the president of ORU in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Alvin was preaching, a good friend of mine. And as he was preaching, our church wasn't nearly as big as this. We didn't have as many people to, to pray with people. But that night during the service, Alva Wilson turned and pointed to Margaret and said, you're going to live and not die. Amen. That was in 2005. She's on Facebook. Sarah Margaret Maddox. You can look her up. God gave her a miracle. God gave her a miracle. Gave her two miracles. She's still living with the guy that used to stand at the bottom of the steps of Air Force One when the presidents would come off in five administrations. That man's been faithful. She's had a place to live. She's had a relationship. You may be here today and you're struggling. You're needing someone. You're needing God to just put somebody in your path. You don't want just any old Joe or any old Mary. You want God's person. Amen. Are you here? You don't need to go on Facebook and find your boyfriend. You don't need to go out to the club to find your, find your friend. Where you need to find him is at the altar when God will reveal to you. Man, that's good preaching, Brother Whetstone. Amen. God's got a purpose and God's got a plan. Slip out of that seat right now. It's time for me to shut up, but I just sense God wants to do something in your life here yet today. Are all of you up here for prayer? All of you up here? Amen. Gather around. Come on, brothers, sisters. Gather around about these people. These people need the touch of the Lord. They need the, they need a manifestation of His grace. This is not a hype moment. This is a God moment. I speak blessing. I speak blessing. 